I'm going to be reading in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and I'll be in the New King James Version. Um, you can go ahead and sit down. I'm, I'm not getting my text for a while, I'll be honest with you. I'm sorry. You, you're so respectful, and I appreciate that of our church, and it's awesome. Sit down for a while. You got a ways to rest. I, I'm not getting to my text for a little bit. Amen. You're ready. We get tired from the everyday grind of our jobs, our responsibilities. Some of the times, <clears throat> I'm the most tired when I'm doing nothing. You ever been there? You had a day off. You're like, I'm just going to relax today. It's going to be so refreshing. And you end up laying around the house all day and you think, I am so tired. You, you might as well have got up and went and did something. You just wore out. A rainy day seems to make me tired. I had a good night's rest last night. I was in bed early. Nobody's in the house at Drew's house. It's just me, me alone. I've got the, the house door locked. I even locked my bedroom door just in case somebody broke in, want to pill for everybody else's room. They couldn't get in mine. I got in bed early last night. I think I went home at 9.30, and I read a little bit and, and, and went to sleep. Woke up and had to shut off the lights and, and right back to sleep. Got up this morning, prayed right there, and Miss Vanetta told me she wouldn't be here for prayer. And I thought, it's stormy, that nobody be here for prayer meeting. I'm going to stay in bed and pray. And I did. I got up, I come to the office, I started studying, and the rain's beating down on the church. And I was like, I'm so sleepy. I'm so tired, right? These rainy days, they make me tired. Hearing the rain hit the roof, you know, it's just, when you, when you grew up the way I did, we rode around on a bus, and it has that metal roof and everything, and the church has the metal roof too. But we would hear that metal beating down on the bus. Boy, if you heard it when it was raining, it was just like, it was nap time. Didn't matter what time of day it was, it was nap time. So you had to be careful of that. But anyway, rainy days, they make people tired. I remember one night in particular, I want, I want to tell you this little story about coming home from Tulsa. I was extremely, extremely tired. We'd been out to visit Shelly's folks, and uh, you would think after all the years on the road of driving and, and staying awake, I mean, there's different tricks you can use. Uh, mine, my favorite was uh, sunflower seeds and a Mountain Dew. That Mountain Dew should have been enough to keep you awake, but uh, the sunflower seeds and Mountain Dews, but there's other things, and, and, and I hate to admit it, but there was nights where I was smacking myself in the face, and Every once in a while, I'd pinch myself, and, you know, I woke up the next morning black and blue, but, you know, we made it to where we was going, so that was a good thing, but uh, you would have thought I wouldn't be tired. I told Shelly, I said, you need to wake up and help me. I had barely got from Tulsa uh, down to Fort Smith. Brother Rusty, you know what I'm talking about. I barely got down. It's, it's like a little over an hour, and I was exhausted. I was tired. And I was sleepy. All the years driving the bus and everything, when I got sleepy, I pulled over. I said, we're done. I pulled over. So we're going to bed. Never fell asleep at the wheel, which I, I'm thankful to God for that. But I told her, I said, you've got to wake up and keep me awake. I said, I am so tired. I cannot keep my eyes open. And, and I'm not getting a motel. You know, Fort Smith is only two hours. I'm not buying a motel two hours away when I can come home. And, I, and I'm not going back to my in-laws. I escaped from there. I mean, I just come from there, so I'm not going back. I can say that tonight we're not on Facebook and Shelly's not here. And don't anyone tell what I just said. I'm, I'm taking a mental picture who's here just in case. So, 
she could not stay awake either. She goes, okay, okay. You know, you've seen the people try to stay awake. And she sat there and she's looking out. And right back to sleep, I was like, you're not helping me. She goes, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to stay awake. And nothing. After a while, I was just like, Lord, you're just going to call us home tonight because I'm, I can't stay awake. It's going to happen, you know. The kids are back there snoring. I'm envious. I'm throwing things at them. I'm trying to wake them up. They won't wake up. I'm driving reckless, just trying to jerk people and just make them uncomfortable. They just keep on snoring, Brother Scotty. It was awful. Finally, I called my dad. I said, Dad, I'm tired. I said, I, I, not just tired. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm wore out. I'm sure I woke him up. He's probably saying, who is this? I was like, dude, I am tired. I'm sleepy. I said, if somebody doesn't talk to him, I'm not going to make it tonight. He talked to me. And we talked back and forth. We talked about nonsense stuff. I mean, we talked baseball. We talked whatever. Just anything. Keep your mouth moving. And I was so full of Mountain Dew and sunflowers. See, I mean, I, I couldn't eat anymore anyway. And he helped me. And I, I was able to get home that night. And, and I just, I, I want to paint a picture tonight of being tired. You understand being tired. I heard Jack Handy say this, when I die, I want to go peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather, not screaming in terror like the passengers in his car. I was tired that night. I was afraid that I was going to hurt my family. After I talked to Dad a while, I began to wake up a little more, and I was able to get us home safely. I know we all have stories of how... We've had a sick child or a sick loved one that we've, we've stayed up all night with and, and, and taken care of them. And it just wore you out, right? Anybody have any babies? You, I know you stayed up all night. I can't believe we used to go up to Fox, Arkansas to my grandpa's house. And all the evangelist fosters would show up up there. There's four or five of them. And they'd show up and park their bus at my grandpa's. And then all of the cousins would try to stay up all night. Let's watch the sunrise. Wow, that was stupid. I don't do that anymore. It's not, not fun anymore. I get too tired too quick. And then we can talk about being tired all night long, and I hope I'm not making you tired right now, but keep your eyes open. If you need some toothpicks, we can hold your eyes open. And we can do it. Did you know that God cares about our physical body as well as our spiritual body? He wants us to get rest. When we're able, we need to take care of our bodies and make sure that we're getting enough rest. Amen? Amen. In our psalm, they, they teach you that over and over for ministers. Get rest. Take time to rest your body. Take time to rest your mind. And so it, it's, it's preached to us all the time. And here, I'm going to go on my text right here, all right? Now, before I read my text, I want to tell you, this text is pertaining to salvation. Okay? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It's pertaining to salvation. But I want to just put a little twist on it. This is Drew's twist tonight. I want to talk about rest and the rest that God gives us when we lay our burdens down and give them to him. Does everybody understand where we're going? If you want to stand with me now, I'm going to read the text. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says this. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I hear a big amen? amen. 
Hallelujah. Let's pray. I want you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. It's already anointed. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint these lips of clay tonight, Lord, that I can speak the word on an on-time word, Lord, to these people. I'm asking you for the seed of the word to go down deep inside and begin to grow inside of us, Father. Let it come to fruition, Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, right now, as we give this time to you, Lord, to open our minds and our hearts to understand that you give us rest in the physical and in the spiritual. And I thank you for it. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to preach for a few moments tonight with the subject, we need to rest. We need to rest. Hey, I'm tired. It's a pretty good one, too. Leah's up there. By the way, Leah, thank you so much. She works late, and she come in here and helped us out tonight. If they left it up to me, we'd still have songbooks and uh, be singing under a tin or something. So um, so thankful that she's here to help us out with that. To get a good definition, we first need to look at the natural when we're talking about rest. To rest means to cease from activity, to be at ease or peace, or it is to put your entire weight on something and allow it to bear the load. Did you get that meaning? Okay. Let me help you another way. Probably the best way to describe rest in the physical would be to lay down on a bed or to sit in a chair. You know, is that how you guys rest? I rarely rest standing up. I rarely rest standing up. I'm just be honest with you. But when you rest, what does the work when you're resting? What does the work? The chair, the bed. Yeah, whatever you have your weight up against, that's what's doing the work. Everybody following me? To rest in God is to cease from all of our natural activities. Amen. That's good, Pastor. Keep going. And to be at ease or peace in the power of God. To rest in God, we need to lay everything onto God. Put our weight upon him, our, our burdens, as an old term we, we don't hear too often, but our burdens of life, lay them over onto God and begin to rest in his peace. And we're laying our weight, we're leaning upon him, he's carrying us, he's holding us. You understand what I'm talking about tonight? Okay, I'm going to keep going. To rest in God is to put our whole weight and our whole load, everything that's weighing us down should be placed in God. Place our whole life in God. Do you know how hard that is? What do they call them people that has to have it their way all the time? Spoiled. I know it's one of them, but uh, I can't think of that word. What is it? Well, controlling is another one. That's still not the one I'm thinking of. They say every child's born with this. They think the world revolves around them. And they think that their mother is actually an extension of their body until about two years old. And then they realize, no, she's not an extension of my body, but she's close to my life. So she has to be right here. And then after a while, I, I can't think of the word. I'm, I should have wrote it down. But uh, anyway, they start figuring out later in life, it's not all about you. <laughs> and we all want it all about us, right? We do. We want it about us. And to give God control of everything and to rest in him means that we have to lay everything down and lean on him and put our weight on him and not worry and pick it back up and, and try to solve some problems on our own. Then don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a lazy Christian here. I'm trying to put my faith 
and who I'm resting in. Hallelujah. To rest in God is to put our whole weight on him. Let God bear the responsibilities, the problems, the cares, because we rest in him. Let God hold us up. Let him be our support. Let him be the one that's grounded to the firm foundation. I, th I think about building houses, and, and when I was in construction, we'd pour a slab, and that would be our foundation. You'd have footings, and that footing would run deep around the perimeters of the house. And, and what you do, you build from that footing. And so you go to the edge of the footing. When you're on the edge of the footing, then you put the walls up on this edge of this footing, and they go up. And then you put the rafters up on top of the walls. So all the weight is going down the roof to the, to the walls, to the uh, concrete, to the slab, to the footing. The foundation of the house. God needs to be our foundation. We need to rest in that foundation and let everything that we have in our life re rely on God in that foundation that he has for us. Amen? Let him be the one that's grounded. Listen to this. This is a scripture you've never heard before. It's obscure in the Bible, and I just dug it out. It's incredible. First Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. How many has ever heard that scripture? You found it too. When my boys were little, they'd struggle. I remember their diaper would be sagging down about halfway down their knee there, and, and they'd be struggling carrying something. Maybe their mama's purse is what it usually was. Trying to carry it over to, so, and they'd go, here, Daddy, with all their might, trying to hold that purse up or whatever it might be. And I pick it up for them and carry it from them. Usually I pick them up too and, and held them while they were held in the heavy object. That's Christ. That's what he wants to do for us. He wants us to rest in him. Whatever we're carrying, he wants us to lay it down into his arm and just climb up into daddy's lap and let him take care of them. Rest in him. To rest is to trust solely in the power of God. Wow. And once again. How do, you, how do you rest in the power of God? How do you just solely give it over to God and say, God, I can't do anything? Let me, let me tell you a little story. Peyton, diagnosed with cancer, 16 years old, had the tiger by the tail. This boy had it going on. He was a Christian, had a sweet little girlfriend, and he was driving the coolest car in town, the Toyota Corolla, 1996. He had it going on, and he was diagnosed with cancer. They take us in there, and of course, and, and until it happens to you, Brother Scott, I know the different things that's happened to you. All of us has had diagnosis that we walked into we really wasn't expecting. We thought he had mono from drinking out of fountains in the school. They called me into the doctor's office, and the doctor's a friend of ours, and I coached his son in baseball, and he, he looked at me, Drew, and he's crying already. I was like, this can't be good. He said, You'll have to go get these x-rays done somewhere else. He said, but from what I know about this, this is cancer. His whole chest had a mass, cancer mask, mass in, in, in him. When Jesus is all that you have, he's all that you need. And let me tell you, when you don't have Jesus, he's still all you need. Amen. Going to the hospital, there was nothing we could do. Finances wasn't going to save him. It, it wasn't. Medicine was only going to take him so far. They thought he was going to die the first night. They didn't tell me that until later on. But they didn't expect him to live through the first night he was there in the hospital. 
But when you lay your trust and your faith, everything that you have into God's hands, say, God, I have nothing. You realize real quick, I am nothing without the Lord. I've got to rest in him. I've got to have my peace in him. You lay everything in his righteous right hand and say, Father, this is on you. You know my will, but your will be done in his life. And you have to rest and trust him totally. Trust him fully. Trust him solely. The power of God is the only thing that's going to help us through different situations. The other thing is we have to lay it into God's hand. But then we have to start working on Stop working on it ourselves. We have a big problem of taking things to the altar and laying it there and saying, God, we need to have rest. We need to have peace. We need to have faith and trust in you. But then we pick it up and walk right back to the pew with it. Pick up the same habit. Pick up the same problem. Pick up the same situation and walk it right back to our car and think, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to get through this situation? Is anybody human in here? We've all did it then. Amen. We need to be saying, God, I give this to you, and then keep working on it yourself. You know, that's not, that's not giving it to him. It's not. We've got to leave it with God because it's not resting when we don't do it the other way. Listen to this. In Matthew, this is quite a few verses. Matthew 6 and verse number 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Aren't you glad you're more valuable than the bird? Praise the Lord. Which of you, by working, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. I am so glad that our heavenly Father knows my needs. He knows our needs before I ask. But he, we don't have to worry about it because he understands. And I know sometimes we're thinking, God, this bill is getting closer and closer. What are you going to do about this? Stay in rest. Stay in peace. Stay in faith. Verse 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Praise the Lord. Stop worrying about it. Stop seeking after these things. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek God. My word, seek God. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I have enough problems without having to worry about tomorrow's problems, the next day's problems, the next day. How many just sometimes you just want to get through the, this day? I, and I mentioned Peyton, you know, in the hospital. I just wanted to get from day to day because I was totally lost in this situation. I didn't know what to do except to pray. And every day I'm just thinking, God, do the miraculous, do the miraculous. And the next day I'm praying for the same thing. I'm just like, I, you know, 
you just kind of lose all sense of what's going on. I, I hate to say it that way, but that's the way you are. You're just like, God, I'm dependent on you. And then after a while, you keep saying that. And after a while, your faith starts rising up. When your faith starts rising up, that's a good thing because God starts to take notice. Amen. Worry is an attempt to solve a problem by natural means. Looking to our own intelligence instead of hearing from God. I'm guilty. I try to figure it all out myself first. And then I think, oh, yeah, I got to pray about this. Isn't that terrible? The pastor admitted it. I'm not on Facebook. That's a good thing. I admit it to you guys. We need to go to God first. I say it all the time. God, your first choice, not your last resort. That's exactly what we've got to do. Meeting financial needs by or the resource of our bank account is not consulting God. That's trying to do things in the natural. Well, let me see. I've got this much money, and I could probably borrow X amount of money from mom and dad, and so I can probably meet this need, God. You, you, you've got it. I see how you're going to figure this out. I told the story that Toyota Corolla, we bought it new in 96, and the payment on it was $225 a month. That's a car payment right there. That's nice. I was in church, and I had $200 of that car payment. I still needed $25. And God told me, he said, give the $200. I said, God, I know I don't have the other $25 yet, and I know this bill is due like tomorrow, but, you know, I, something might happen between now and then. I get this $25. He said, give it all. It was a burden to me. I did. I went up and put $200 bills in the offering. I was like, Psh. Then I went back to my seat and I thought to myself, well, you know what? 200 is still not 225 so it wasn't going to make the payment anyway. Um, oh, well, that's the way it is. After church, a man walked up to me. He said, God told me to give you this. He gave me, I call it the Pentecostal handshake. And it had three $100 bills in it. If we lay things down and just rest in God, trust him, have faith in him that he's going to take care of things. Oh, my word. How much better off would we be? Abraham tried to use his own resources to get to the promise. He should have known just by her name. Hag. Gar. He should not. Should not. I'm sorry. That was a bad one. He wasn't resting in God's promises. He was trying to make things happen on his own. Resting is not expressed primarily on the outside. Although we, we need to rest and look refreshed, you know, we, we want to look that way. Inwardly is where we need the most rest. Our spirit man needs to be at rest. It is an attitude of trust in God that he will do what he said his word that he would do. How many believe God's word? We have to stand on this word. Even when we don't see it, he's still working. Because his word said it, and he's, it's truth. And I heard Brother Kevin say this week, God's not a liar. This Bible's not a lie. And I was like, amen, brother. It's not. Amen. The greatest expression of resting is that you have peace even when you're in the midst of your trouble. How do we have peace in the middle of trouble? I remember Jesus was asleep in a boat. It's rocking. It's rolling. He's getting wet himself. He's a sound sleeper. He's like my boys in the back seat when I was tired of coming home. They wouldn't wake up for nothing. I was rolling the windows down and everything. I didn't tell you the whole story. I was rolling the windows down trying to freeze them out. 
They just didn't bother them. Jesus is getting wet in the boat. Master, don't you care that we're, we're about to die here? Wow. We need to understand he's in control of everything. And we need to have peace even when there's a, a, a trouble and a disaster going on around us. It's a peace that passes all understanding because you shouldn't have it. By all appearances, you shouldn't be at peace. You shouldn't be at rest. But because your faith and your trust is in God, you've put yourself at rest. You're leaning on him. Your weight's upon him. There's like, I don't know how they come through that. I had people tell me all the time about Peyton. I don't know how you come through that. I had no choice. The only choice I had was how I come through it. I was going to go through it one way or another. It's how I come through it that I had a choice in. The circumstances show calamity. The problems are demanding fear and unrest. From the outside looking in, you have every right just to lose it. How many has ever just lost it? At Burger King or at McDonald's. I said no onions. Nobody's like me. I'm sorry. I'm nice. I just, I'm just amazed that they have selective hearing, and it's not when I'm up there. They, they never select to hear me. <clears throat> I've lost it a few times. We had to stay in peace. We had to stay at rest. By every account, you shouldn't be at peace, but yet here you are, not worrying about anything because God is in control, and you're resting in the fact that God has everything under his control. He's not scared. He's not afraid of the circumstances that we're in or that the world's in right now. He is in control, and he wants us to be at rest just as he is. Amen. The peace and rest we have in God is not the, the flesh it's not, it's not in our flesh, and, we, and if we want to stay in our flesh, and I know we're, we're walking out of our fleshly lives, I understand that, but if our rest depends on our flesh, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. It can't be wrapped up in our feelings either. If it just went by feelings, how many would have stayed home and took another nap? Yeah, I would have. I would have. I went home, got a shower, and that, that warm shower and everything, I got out started getting dressed, and then I put the hair dryer on my beautiful hair. It just warmed me all up. I thought, well, I can just take a nap right now. Yeah. We can't go by our feelings. If you rest in God, he will give you his best. It's a scary thing to completely rest in God. It's a scary thing not to have a plan B. It is. They say in carpentry, the best carpenter is the one that can fix his own mistake. There's always a plan B. Sometimes it's go buy a new two by four because you cut the other one too short. But there's always a plan B. Right? It's a scary thing not to have a plan B and just totally trust God, totally have your rest in God, to have no other way to escape the situation, to have no other alternative but God. But we need to be at rest. We need to be at peace. We need to have trust in Him. To totally put yourself into God's hands is to trust Him completely. Then and only then will we find rest. But God can't do His best work until you've come and done exactly that. Totally rest in God. You've never seen the miracles of God. You'll never see them until you're totally resting in God. Amen. And Gene, would you come back to the piano for me? I, I'm wrapping this up. We've got four minutes till eight, and I'm going to get Miss Vanetta out the door. Want to have some daylight when she's going home. Listen to this. This is so good. And when I typed this in today, I thought, but that's just good, Drew. You just did a great job right here. 
when you let go of what's in your hand, what's in your control, God lets go of what's in his hand. What, what is in God's hand? Man, the blessings of God, the attributes of God. When we turn loose of what we're holding on to, trying to fix it, we're trying to fix everything and, and all these situations, trouble, turmoil, and we're trying to fix it all. God said, give it to me. Be at rest. And when we do that, boy, we just open up a, a window of heaven that he can pour out his blessings. You get what's in his hands when you let go of what's in yours. When you rest, you let down all of your defenses and let God's weapons do the fighting for you. Praise the Lord. You simply stand on God's word, not pushing, not shoving, not telling God how to do it, but rest that says, if God can't do it, then it can't be done. I'm going to rest in you, Father, because you know what's best for me. And if it's going to be done, it may not be my way, but it's going to be done your way. And I can rest and be, be in faith and trust that you're going to take care of this situation. You're going to take care of this trouble. You're the one that's in charge of it. You know what's best for me, and I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to lose my faith over this. I'm not going to lose my trust. I'm not going to lose my rest over this. One of the greatest bits of information I can give you about rest is you have to choose it. You have to choose it. All you have to do is to go to God. It's simple, and it sounds so simple. All you have to do is choose to rest in God. That's all the obligation there is. Why do we always want to go ahead and pick up our burdens and, and, and the weights of our life and take them back with us? Woo! You say that. We just preached on that. Our comfort zone. We're used to problem solving. We're used to problem. It's the danger zone. I tell you what, that, that blessed me as much as I don't care if anybody got blessed, but it blessed me that day. Amen. We can choose fear or we can choose rest and peace. We can choose defeat or we can choose victory. We can choose to be weak or we can choose the power of God. We, can, we can't manufacture peace. We can only choose it. I choose Jesus tonight. I choose Jesus tonight. Amen. Would you stand with me? Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your word. Father, I just felt the word rest come upon me tonight. Lord, and I, I use this scripture, Lord, and I know you're talking about salvation, and we do need to rest in that. Father, we need to go to you when we're heavy laden, Father. When we're burdened down with sin, we need to go to you, and we find rest in you. We find rest in the cross. But, Father, the saints of God needs that rest, too. And, God, when we rest in you, we have all the attributes, Lord, that's that's in you, in your name, Lord, and that is your being, and I thank you for it. You are our peace. You are our provision. You are everything, Father. I thank you for that. And tonight, Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, as we have a time around the altar to seal this word in our hearts, God, that you bless each and every one of us here tonight. I ask you, Lord, to move on their hearts, Lord. Let them understand. Let their faith be built up. Let their trust in you go deeper and deeper as they rest in you tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you find you a place to pray?